I reckon everyone's going to be just so happy to be out and about. Um, these next few weeks are going to be sort of euphoric, hard, and we are all going to run really hard because there's no staff in hospitality, but that's okay. We'll, because everyone's just going to be so happy to get out, I don't think we're going to have people going, oh, we need to be out in 15 minutes. That's not the, that's not the vibe that I'm getting, funnily enough. Today, Sydney is opening. How exciting. I couldn't think of anyone better to speak to today than Stuart Knox from Fix Wine Bar in the city of Sydney. And the reason for that, well, there's a few reasons. One, he's he's good for a chat. But two, we spoke to him a long time ago when Sydney was about to enter this lockdown. It was supposed to be for two weeks, but I went back and checked the date. It was the 24th of June that we spoke. Stu, welcome back to Dirty Linen. Hi, Danny. It's uh, good to be chatting again. So it's October and the two-week lockdown wasn't. How have things been? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a, uh, a long 15 weeks, um, definitely. Um, but, hey, look, we're opening on Monday, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, this funny thing about this lockdown over the last one is that because – I suppose whilst we thought it was going to be two weeks, then four weeks, then eight weeks, we did also in amongst that think, right, well, we learned a lot from last time and everyone everyone pivots again. But I think this time we actually, it was slightly less, less unknown. So we were able to pivot into something. I suppose we got lucky. We just pivoted into something that actually worked this time and then we stuck at it and didn't have to chop and change too much. Yeah, that's good. So what did you did you actually do? What did you stick with? So we, um, because we're in the city, takeaway really wasn't an option because there is no one in the city. So we, um, we basically set up a program of uh, pre-cooked meals at the restaurant, but not, not sort of the fine dining, fancy cook at home version. We actually went really simple. We were doing pasta bakes and uh, cassoulet and bread and butter puddings and things, packaging them up, um, snap freezing them at the restaurant, then delivering them to people frozen. Mm, yeah, great. And your customers were into that. Yeah, no, it was um, it was it was really amazing the the level of support and so on. We with that as well. We we did a a pretty big uh, catchment area, so a lot of a few people were doing th- similar things, but they were at five and ten k's. We actually went all the way out to thirty k's. So from the CBD, we went north to Avalon and south to the bottom end of uh, Cronulla and way up beyond Parramatta. And how many of your staff or what proportion of your staff has this managed to keep working? Um, Basically, all of my staff were able to do sort of 10 or 15 hours a week with me and then they, they, because that topped up then their COVID disaster payments. So my whole team basically didn't go backwards. Yeah, that is, that must have been a a really, that must have given you a lot of comfort as a business owner. Absolutely, absolutely. Look, it was, once again, as when we were coming to this lockdown, there was no support announced whatsoever. So we were very much going going blind again on that side. They got there. I figured, I always sort of thought that they would do something. I never knew what it was going to be, though. Um, and then once once we knew the details, and I, we, were, we were already able to do this anyway. So having the whole team not in financial difficulty just, yeah, took one layer of stress out of it for all of us. Mm. And even though it's been going all right, are you looking forward to not putting food in boxes and bags? 
Most definitely, most definitely. It's uh, there's a lot to be said for the peace and quiet of sitting in a car for all day delivering things as well. But <laughs> but I'm looking forward to the uh, my, uh, the um, them all coming to me for a change instead of the other way around. So yeah, no, look, it's 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 been great, and we we will continue this model again in some way, shape, or form anyway. Uh, but. It's not. It's it's not going to be the bulk of our business. That's not what we're all. That's not what we're trained to do, and that's not what our our. That's not our enjoyment factor. Our enjoyment factor is having people in the restaurant and doing all those all the things we do in restaurants. Mm. Well, let's focus on that. So, tell me, you know, what what have you been doing to get reopened? How's the planning going? And and what are, what are the things on your mind as, yeah, as look, you open the doors? Once once we sort of had a bit of an idea of where it was going to be uh, once that roadmap got announced. We went, right, it's going to be either this week or that week. Started to think about it and really we've worked on, we're working on the assumption that the city is still going to be very quiet relatively for the rest of the year. The general consensus from landlords and major corporate people that we know as regulars is that offices aren't, no, big companies aren't bringing their staff back till January, February. Um that doesn't mean people aren't coming into town for one or two days a week. So we've, we're sort of focusing now on probably more lunch trade. So we'll, we're going to go lunch Monday to Friday and just do dinners on Wednesday to Friday. Um, so, look, because I really have no idea, I may, this may all change. <laughs> we've, I've said to the team, we're going to do the first week and then on the weekend I'm going to see what we did right or wrong and we'll tweak it for the week after as well. So... Uh, very much riding with a whiteboard marker, not permanent ink on everything at the moment. <laughs> Sounds like a very good plan. So the big difference with reopening this time towards the end of 2021 is vaccination. Uh, how are you feeling about, uh, I guess, the compliance around ensuring that your customers are fully vaccinated? Yeah, look, it's 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 going to be a, uh, a pinch point to say the least. Um, we've... We've mapped out a plan that I will do the door the whole time. So, and I do it a bit anyway, but I will cover all that because it gives me, gives it, look, we've been closed for 15 weeks, so it gives me a chance to talk to all of my regulars anyway. So it's a good, it's a good touch point for when they're there. And I also, but I don't want to hand that responsibility over to any employee because it's going to be, there is going to be some tricky moments, undoubtedly. Um but look, it's it's just that's what the rules are. I think they're the right rules. I just think it's going to be tricky for for us to maintain manage it. Not so much for the seating in the restaurant, but our outside area, which is sort of more of a come and go bar sort of thing, that's going to be a bit a bit harder to manage. But look, I think by what I've been told, and I'm, we're going to try and do the right thing. And if one or two slip through, we'll, I'll just have to deal with that as and when it comes. I can't. I can't get myself too bogged down in that. If one person comes and joins a group of five or ten, if I haven't checked that one person, well, well, we will try our best to do tick all the boxes. But we've got to. We, we can't spend hours and hours of each service just checking people's ID. Yeah, I mean, it's really got to be a partnership, doesn't it? Where you've got to hope that diners come to the party. Well, they come to the party vaccinated. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Oh, look, I think I do. Look, we're at we're at seventy percent of the population in New South Wales is double vax. Within a week or so, it's going to be eighty percent, and it looks like sort of by the end of October, early November, it'll be ninety percent. So, 
when 90% of the adult population is double vaxxed, then we know that it's there's only a very small percentage that aren't anyway. So I think we, particularly in the CBD, we're probably a little protected from from that as well. I think there's probably going to be a better, an easier compliance model there than maybe some of the some other areas. Mm. I mean, and I think it's such a good idea that you're planning to do the door. I mean, not every business is in that position, but I suppose a lot of people, or I mean, are you hearing from a lot of people that they are going to have someone senior taking on that role, at least initially? Uh, yeah, I think from, from a few people I've spoken to, they've said, yeah, they're going to be moving things around instead of their normal host. They'll be, they'll be in the vicinity, not necessarily on the door, but being very close to it. And look, we're just... Once again, it's it is an unknown that we don't. I don't know what the general public's perception of this really is. Um, certainly, if I read the Facebook comments, they're different. But I'm not going with them as uh, as the be all and end all. And so we'll just we'll see once again in that first week what people's position is. Um, and I suppose we can see both sides of the coin. I've had I know I've had customers say that they are really comfortable with the fact that we've said that. Obviously, it's the law anyway, but we've said it's only vax patrons anyway. Yeah, I think most customers, I mean, you can, I suppose the biggest test of public opinion is the number of people that have gone out and got vaccinated. So I suppose some of them may have done it or some of them definitely will have done it because they know that's the only way that they'll be able to, you know, get out and about and do the things that they want to do. But I suppose, you know, public opinion in Australia generally is pretty pro-vax. And I think especially with this, when it's been laid out before us, certainly in a somewhat haphazard and confusing fashion at times, but it has been laid out before us as the path out of this. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's no doubt that most people will be on board and will be, you know, really proud that they're vaccinated, but uh, there is sure to be a minority that uh, make life a little bit difficult for people in the service industries. Undoubtedly, there'll be a few that want to make a point. Um, I suspect probably Fix is not quite on the radar enough for them to feel that we're the ones to make their point with. Um, Judging by the post with Maria, I suspect they're going to see a few of them, unfortunately, for the team down there. I really hope not. I hope that these restaurants that are, you know, just taking a kind of logical community-minded, business-minded stance that is actually the law anyway. <laughs> you know, don't don't cop any flack. It's so dumb. I mean, I, I read an article in the SMH over the weekend about some businesses that are choosing not to open their doors and, you know, that was Pilates studios and gyms and, and you know, and a cafe as well. And some of it was, you know, peddling the really spurious and to my mind quite offensive uh this is segregation line which you know there is there are other uses of that word which um are much more valid i don't think it's in any way uh legitimate or sensible to describe needing to be vaccinated in in that way but there was a cafe owner who um, was choosing not to open and she her reasons were, you know, I've got a lot of, you know, 16-year-olds working on the floor. Uh, I just don't want them to be subjected to any heat. And I thought, well, that I can understand. You know, if you can get by doing takeaway and you don't want, because, I mean, you just don't want your staff to have to cop any flack, do you? Exactly, exactly. I read that same article and had a, had a rage moment about most of the things. The discrimination <laughs> and segregation coming from, frankly, soccer mums from the eastern suburbs wasn't really to me i don't think they quite understand the uh the 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 real terminology of the word there but anyway that's their choice but uh, but at the same time yes that cafe owner i can i can see their point and you you do have to make decisions about your staff and what's what's going to be best for them um and when it comes to vaccination as well for us i've got 
uh, we've between my team, there's six kids who are aren't eligible for being vaccinated. They're all young kids. I've got a younger one, and so and a lot of my staff. So there's there's that factor as well. So yeah, you don't I'm, want to take COVID home. No, exactly right, exactly right. So um, that's probably the tricky one for us is that when we get to that point, that first of December, that conversation then about how do we manage this going forward. But we'll look at the numbers where vaccination rates are at that point before we make a final decision on that. But, yeah, yeah. Well, and I also, I mean, I know the the politics in New South Wales has perhaps had a little bit of a shift in terms of how much sway the health advice has, but, I mean, I guess we'll see how things are going in terms of, yeah, numbers and whether that December 1 free-for-all date holds. It's um, definitely not what we're hearing in Victoria. We're hearing that, you know, these... these um, uh, requirements to be vaccinated to enter certain settings will be maintained for the for the foreseeable future. So I think it does sort of give the give the landscape a little bit of a different tone. Um, yeah, as it's, um, think it's about gonna be, is, is going to be interesting to see where they go because there's certainly certainly Perite does feel like, it does feel like he's got a different a different uh, pace in mind for the whole thing. Um, I my gut feeling is that. They may actually bring that date forward, but actually I, just, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually held it for certain places like hospitality. Um, we've, I, we do have the... It's been proven that hospitality venues are spreading areas, unfortunately, so we might end up with it for a bit longer. I know in New South Wales, even through December, uh, we'll be required mm -hmm. to wear masks as uh, hospitality workers. Um, whereas no one else will be, except in public transport and obviously nursing and things like that. So there's, there's, there's I, I, I'm sure there's further layers of the onion to be peeled away. <laughs> I'm sure there are, but from a customer point of view, I mean, uh, I think I will prefer for quite a long time to know that I'm going to places where people are eating and drinking and shouting and maskless. And I think I'd love to know that everyone there was vaccinated. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm of the same opinion as you are on that one, Danny. I, I, I honestly believe as a business decision, frankly, like in full 100% business marketing, if more than 90% of the population is double vaccinated, I think I'll aim to market at them, not the, not the 7 or 8% that have it. Yeah, but I guess it's if the if the government takes the making the rules out of your hands, then and it makes it easier for you to run the business that you'd like to run. Then yeah, I guess I don't know. Like as as you said at the beginning, it's like you don't want to have too many of those tricky conversations. Um, so yeah, anyway, <laughs> there it's it's certainly we could certainly have an interesting conversation in a month or two about how it is playing out and you know how you think it's going to continue to play out, but. Yeah, it's um, certainly an interesting time. I mean, are, are you feeling excited, energised, like flat? Like what? what's the vibe? For me, we for a while there we thought we were going to open on the 18th of October and then 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 New South Wales really ramped up those, those doses and we went, I suddenly thought, oh, this is creeping back that it could be a week earlier. So that was when I sort of pulled the uh, emergency ripcord and got the, got the team in for a a team meeting a couple of Mondays ago and said, right, looks like we're going to be the 11th. Um, just to basically get them all in the room, in a room together again, because they haven't been together for three months or so. We've all been working, but most of the time there's only been one or two of us together at any one point. Um, 
so that was great to see everyone and just have a chat. And then we've spent most, pretty much all of last week turning what was a production and uh, assembly line for frozen meals back into a restaurant. Um, at the start of last week, I was, I definitely say that I felt I was uh, overwhelmed and spinning my wheels a bit, uh, looking at all going, oh God, we've got a lot of work to do. Of course, as, as you do in restaurants, fridges didn't turn on, the dishwasher died and blah, all of the things that haven't been used for three months didn't want to start up again. But we got there and we went really hard at the back end of the week and suddenly we're all done. So we've all had the whole weekend completely free. Um, most of us, I suspect, were possibly a little hungover on Saturday morning just after that week. But, uh, yeah, we're all... We're all we're all ready, and I'm actually now quite looking forward to getting in there and seeing what happens. Yeah, how exciting! I'm really excited for you. Um, and do you feel like you know are the staff tentative? Are they really g'd up? Like, how are people feeling? Actually, I think they're all they're all pumped as well. Um, I think we're all terrified about how painful the week's going to be because we've all completely lost service match fitness. Um, but that's all right. Um, well, but yeah, I think it'll be really good it's it's like opening a new restaurant again um so we'll all i know we're all going to be in there at nine o'clock tomorrow even though we don't open until midday and the whole restaurant's set ready to go but uh just to just to sort of get our heads into gear and see the first customers we've pretty much fully booked for lunch on today monday sorry so that'll be that will be a good good hit out blow a few of the cobwebs away and uh yeah get going the kitchen's been been on Thursday, Friday, trialling a whole heap of new dishes. So we've we've seen a lot of those as well. They, Mark, my head chef's, he seems really invigorated as well. So yeah, look, we're we're excited. Yeah, I'm excited. Like, I mean, it's been pretty awful in Melbourne watching our cases go up, but it has actually made me feel a lot better watching the Sydney cases go down because you just feel like you know, we'll bend the curve just like you guys did and we're going to get there. And, um, yeah, I, I almost I have like a 5% feeling of like, well, Sydney's opening up and I feel like 5% of me is opening up as well. I'm just so excited to watch your journey um, because we're not that far behind you and we'll definitely, we'll definitely get there. You guys will be, it's, yeah, obviously we see your numbers as well and it sort of it came as a shock the other day. Obviously I'm not paying this last couple of weeks, I've not been paying a lot of attention to those other things, a few other things going on. But I saw when it was 18 or 1900, I went, oh, my God. But but your vax rates are so much better now anyway than ours were when we were getting up those numbers. So you'll be back down before you know it. And everything will be open. And, and I'm touching a lot as wood as I say this, but this might be the last well COVID-driven lockdown we see for a while. Well, I don't like to think about the other kinds of lockdowns that you're imagining. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Mate, I'm just getting gun shy now. You, you don't know what you're missing until you go, oh, hang on. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, um, yeah, I suppose the thing about unprecedented times is that you wonder what other things you haven't thought of that might be unprecedented and yet about to happen. <laughs> oh, yeah, so I'm going to, I've, I'm, I'm going to remain, uh, confident that we're going to have just a, a, a 22, a 2022 that's just going to be smooth sailing. Yeah, I'm with you. Let's let's just make that happen. Exactly. So in the meantime, Stu, I just want to tell you something that I did the, a couple of days ago, which I've never done before, and that is I opened a can of wine. Aha. 
uh, so what do you reckon about wine in cans? Um, I, it's, it's, frankly, I don't mind if the wine's in a can, a bottle or a goon bag. It doesn't matter. As long as the wine that went in said vessel is good, then it's perfectly good to come out. Now, you and I might be having – we might be talking about the same wines because I got some cheese from the, uh, the from Mould and there was some yes. Pinot there from Pinot Palooza. Um, so I've had had a couple of those already and they're really good. They're really good. I've actually – one thing about it that didn't really dawn on me about – I've seen wine in cans a bit, but that's from a from – a, at home perspective, portion control is fantastic as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, you're right. It was Good Time Wines, which is Dan Sims' label, uh, and he also does the cheese. And I think, you know, he's been an incredible uh, innovator through this pandemic with losing all his festivals one after another over and over again, but still doing positive stuff. And, yeah, so 125 mil cans. Mine was, um, wasn't the Pinot Palooza series. It was, I think, the first series, and it was a – I think it's just called – party white, party rosé, and it was, yeah, really kind of cool just to open a can, pour it into a glass, it's one glass of wine, and then I guess you decide if you're going to open another can or if that's it. But I just think, you know, we're all about the picnics. It's so picnic-friendly and, yeah, just really fun. Yeah, they are. They are. And, look, Dan is an absolute legend and I, I i i watch him and the things he's doing and then i have so anytime i have a moment where you go oh this is all too hard i think about dan um send him a text message and tell him how much i love him because he's just been an inspiration throughout like that's the, the the work he puts in but and it's not just that he keeps doing stuff but he keeps doing bloody brilliant stuff as well and the the wine in cans it takes all the fuss and the fuddy duddy and all the all the sort of crap that comes around wine throws it all the wi- out the window and makes it a a fun happy joyous product which it should be yeah i mean i reckon it could be good on airlines too couldn't it you know when we when we start to fly again wow flying flying <laughs> <laughs> yeah no look i, I there's I've I've been a big pusher of beer in cans for a long time at the restaurant um, because cans do far better than bottles for preserving beer. Um, that's my opinion anyway, but it seems to have always been proven true when I've tasted bottles and cans side by side. And now pretty much all craft brewers put it theirs in cans. Um, so wine makes perfect sense. Yeah, interesting. Well, on that, we've got a new podcast series called The Producers, which I'm sure you're already an avid listener of. And um, we chatted to Doug Brook from East Bendigo Brewing Company last week, and he does all his beer in cans and made that transition through COVID. And he said exactly the same thing. It just keeps it fresher. And also, it's just so much easier to ship. You can put better artwork on it. He just loved it. Oh, there's, there's, uh, honestly, there's nothing, nothing that a can can't do. Even a simple, (laughs) For something like somewhere like Fix, I can fit twice as many cans of beer in my fridge than I can bottles because I can stack them. Just every anyway, yeah, they chill quicker. Um, I hate to admit, but for quite a while there, when I drank a can of beer on the train as well, everyone just assumed it was a soft drink, so I could get away with that back then. (laughs) Cans are a bit too popular now, so that's probably not quite uh, a valid statement anymore. And you'll have your mask on on the train for a while anyway. Well, yes, it's going to be a while before I'm doing anything on the train except for breathing into my own mask. (laughs) 
Um, so, Stu, let's finish with a bit of spring menu excitement. What mm-hmm. What are some of the dishes that the chefs have been working up? Okay, so we've we sort of we sort of went and thought about what it is that people have always come to fix about, and we've always like steak has always been a thing for us. We're not a steakhouse by any stretch of the imagination, but that's always been a a good one for us. So, we've had a classic. We've had a Chateaubriand on for pretty much the, almost the full 15 years that we've been there. So that's come back. A um, couple of uh, – that's a big cut. So that's 650, 700 grams of eye fillet. Um, but we've done a couple of other things as well. So I'm always – I've my time in London brought me to uh, what the French called anglais or we call hanger steak, and mm. I've always loved those. So we've got a hanger steak on with uh, uh, eggplant puree, which is fantastic. And – that so that's and we're also doing a whole scotch fillet, a whole cube roll. We're slow roasting it, and then uh, slicing that to order, and then with a cafe de Paris butter. So it's sort of almost like we're going to back to some of the classics there on the market. I love it. Yeah, that's, that sounds great. I mean, I think people are going to want to come in for those things, you know, like steak, which some people just don't cook at home. And yeah, the joy of having a chef cook it perfectly for you, present it to you. And yeah, some of those little flourishes like a cafe de pre butter. Yum. That sounds really good. And I think that's, and that's sort of where we're coming from for this menu for the next 10 weeks anyway, is people haven't been out for so long. They're not, I don't, I'm not seeing people wanting to go and have all the most sort of experimental left field combinations. I think it's more about classic comfort, sort of just, just that sort of warm hug sort of thing. That's Mm. my theory anyway. And just in terms of the wine, like I, I bought myself a couple of bottles of grower champagne to have at home. And I just have to say it was, I reckon it was like 40% 40% as fun as having it in a restaurant. Like I can't wait to come out and spend some money on drinks. Like what do you, where do you think people are going to be at in that regard? I think my high end of my wine list is going to be absolutely demolished very quickly. <laughs> well, I hope so as well, but yeah, I, I don't, I, and I'm the same as you. I've sort of, I've got, a lot of nice bottles floating around the restaurant, which I'm in all the time and in my cupboard. And I've been looking at them going, nah, I'm just this whole time I've drunk too much wine, but it's mostly sort of been what I would call that sort of middle of the road sort of bistro drinking. Yeah. Um, I think most people would have been in that zone. So I've got a feeling when it comes to actually getting out the nice Riedel glassware and decanting stuff and all that, I think people are going to go a bit, bit mad on that. Yeah. I think I'm in that camp because it's, it's, I mean, I don't, I'm not like super price sensitive, not that I'm like a massive cash splasher, but you know, but I don't mind spending money on things that are great, but I reckon I could actually totally see the, the value of the restaurant markup on something like that champagne, just for the experience. Like it just, it's not the same to open it yourself and pour it yourself and drink it in a domestic setting. Absolutely not. And I think that, and that champagne example is real, a really good one, but, and it, but it does translate across all of that. I just, when I'm sitting at home and I'm <clears throat> dealing with the kids, homeschooling and barbecuing a steak or whatever, I don't really feel like going and grabbing a bottle of sort of aged Australian red from somewhere and decanting it and going all that. It just, it actually takes, takes some of the joy out of it as opposed to being in a restaurant, having that all done for you. I think that's, I think that's going to be a huge, uh, 
thing that we're going to see. I think people mm. really, really embrace that. Well, yay restaurants and yay Sydney. I just wish you all the best. I hope, I wish you kind cash up customers, um, beautiful weather for the outdoor area. And yeah, I just really hope it all goes super well. Thanks so much, Danny. I'm looking forward to it. I reckon, I reckon everyone's going to be just so happy to be out and about. Um, these next few weeks are going to be sort of euphoric, hard, and we are all going to run really hard because there's no staff in hospitality, but that's okay. We'll, because everyone's just going to be so happy to get out, I don't think we're going to have people going, oh, we need to be out in 15 minutes. That's not the, that's not the vibe that I'm getting, funnily enough. Mm, well, I hope it looks like so much fun that staff flock to the industry as well. That would exactly. be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, they all flocked out, so hopefully they'll suddenly think, mm, that actually doesn't look too bad after all. Yeah, well, I hope so. All right, good luck. I'll stay in touch and hear hear from you about how it all rolls out. Thanks, G. Thanks, Danny. So good to chat. Bye. See ya. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you.